Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into WWL Sports Talk. We are at the Moriel Convention Center for day two of NOLA Pickle Fest. Steve Geller along with Bobby Bear, Mike Dettelier, and joining us right now, the great Drew Brees steps into the radio huddle right off the bat here on WWL. We're going to be getting into pickleball talk, uh, Saints football, everything you want to talk about. Give us a call on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. Drew uh, enjoying so far the festivities that have been going on here. We got to hang out a lot yesterday, watching all the pickleball action. I uh, know you have a big matchup coming up tomorrow, but man, everything is really set up great here, and a uh, very exciting time for the first year of this festival going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's been incredible. Uh, I, I think better than we we ever could have expected. You know, we we we've been wanting to bring another signature event back to New Orleans, and and just try to find the timing and, and then just like the theme of it you know what 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 can we what can we do here that hasn't been done you know before and obviously in a in a city of full of festivals right <laughs> right uh we thought why not bring a pickleball festival but but obviously bring a like bring the food bring bring the entertainment bring mardi the culture gras of all around. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we got mardi gras floats here from mardi gras world which is right down the street um that's basically our, our VIP hospitality and, and viewing section. So people are going to be in Mardi Gras floats watching me and McEnroe play tomorrow, which Very is pretty cool. cool. Surrounded by 24 beautiful pickleball courts. We got games going on right now, a lot of heated matchups. I think we have 650 participants or so in the amateur tournament. We got the stage behind us. We got Bag of Donuts playing tomorrow from 3 to 4.30. Got a DJ up there playing music. Right, So it's just, it's just this atmosphere that's got a lot of energy. Um, so we're really excited. We're excited to grow this event. I think this we're just scratching the surface on what we're going to be able to turn this into. And obviously it's all raising money for the Breeze Dream Foundation, all the work we're continuing to, to do in, in New Orleans. So it's, it's a great thing for, for everybody. And, uh, Drew, it being the first year, boy, you got a great sponsorship and involvement. I'm looking. It's not, you know, where you have maybe a handful. It seems like, I don't know, about four handfuls uh, yeah. of all the different <laughs> sponsors that, yeah. like, uh, we're going to be doing a show, like, at Rouse's next Saturday. Yes. So, more a lot of local flavor there. And, you know, I see your commercials, B1 Bank. So, yes, yes. Uh, so th- th- that's what it's all about, to all pulling together, the tug yeah. of war in the same direction. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, uh, a, lot of, a lot of local companies, right, that, that are kind of the lifeblood of the community here, B1 Bank has been an awesome sponsor with a lot of things that we've done, but they're the, they're the title sponsor of this event. You know, I sit on the board of B1 Bank, and they're phenomenal people, phenomenal organization. Oshner, who does so many great things in the community, uh, we do a lot with our foundation with Oshner, building primary health care facilities um, you know, throughout New Orleans and the state, um, you know, so many others, right? We're, we're, we're trying to bring in also outside you know, companies and groups to you know, come to New Orleans, experience right. New Orleans, spend money in New Orleans, have fun, and, you know, and obviously just continue to build the profile of this great city and, and you know, do 
do events like this that we can also be able to give back to the community. Yeah, we had uh, Jay Cicero on, and this is also uh, ideal, you know, Sports Foundation, ideal time, yeah. too, in August. You know, dog days of summer. And then, uh, you know, the restaurants, you know, you, you want them to be around when you want to go in the fall or spring, where you got to support it in, in the summer. Exactly. So just, uh, you know, getting, giving back. Right. And, you know, the, the convention center, how it's ideal. You're I mean, not dealing with the heat. Yeah. This, uh, no, this I feel like awesome. you're playing in the dome. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> exactly. it, it, it's cool. It's cool and everything. <laughs> That's, right. And, um, That's right. And, and Drew, but, but when you look at pickleball, and where it's at, uh, mind this thing, I think it started in the 60s yes. or something. Yes, And because you remember, you probably did this. I know you probably played everything. Were you a racquetball player in the 80s? Uh, or my, my, I remember watching, like, my dad would go and play racquetball. He'd bring me and my brother along. <laughs> and we were usually just go- – we were usually trying to peg each other in yeah, the racquetball, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I – I mean, Look, I was a I was a sports junkie as a kid, right? So like, give me a ball, give me a racket, give me a bat, give me anything, and we're gonna go figure out a way to you know make it competitive and have fun with it. So uh, when you look at when you break down and you were gonna tell someone an alien come in about well, okay, what is pickleball? Is it like do you say it's like a, a, a form because the reflexes with ping pong? Like who would you what would you compare? Obviously tennis and all that, but how would you combine all that? Uh, where pickleball? I would say at? it's closer to ping pong than it is tennis because a major. In most cases, you play doubles though, right? Right. And when you play doubles, if you watch any high level pickleball match, the goal is to get to the net, and then once you're at the net, then it's this game of strategy and patience and ball placement and. All of a sudden, though, somebody will leave the ball a little bit too high, and then all of a sudden it becomes this firefight back and forth where it's bop, 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 bop. And that's really where the ping pong element of it comes into play. Um, You know, when you watch high-level tennis, there could be 40 ground strokes in a point, right? Right. When you watch high-level ping pong, it's the same way. It's like miraculous hit after miraculous hit. You're putting all kinds of spin on the ball. All of that stuff applies here with pickleball as well. But what I love about this game is whether you're watching it as a – whether you're playing it, it, it's fun. But as a spectator sport, both in person and on TV, like the emotion that comes out when you're watching these high-level players play. Because if you're out there and you're having to hit the ball 50 times in order to win a point, right. when you win that point – Oh, like, you feel like you're, you're accomplished yeah, something. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, like, you see all this raw emotion from, from players whenever they're playing the game. And I think that's – Another reason why this sport's going to be really, really popular moving forward because it's just a fun sport to watch. Who came up the, with the idea, you versus McEnroe? Who, who was the origin factor well, there? His so, people got with McEnroe's people. <laughs> well, 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 they, well they, they, you know, they had the pickleball slam re, uh, recently okay. where it was McEnroe and Chang and Roddick and Agassi, right? Okay. All former great tennis players who have now kind of you know, picked up the game of pickleball <laughs> like the rest of the world, right? Um, and, and I think it was funny, too, because McEnroe, I, I think for a period of time, was, was, was like anti-pickleball. Oh, of course. He thought I it like was a, a threat to tennis. tennis. You know? and like, I, I just heard some commentary. Was like, I'll never, like I'll, my wife. I'll never, <laughs> like, I'll never play pickleball, right? And then sure enough, he's playing in the pickleball slam, and now you know, he's playing. He's a change pickleball. man. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, honestly, I think, I, think, I think McEnroe's just one of those guys who, first off, he's – He's got a foundation. He wants to support the community. He's doing a lot of great things, you know, still in the world of, of tennis, but now pickleball, so just call it racket sports. He's one of these people that, like, everyone is kind of attracted to. I'm, he's, so 
He's, he's got a band, so he's actually playing at our VIP event tonight. Oh, wow. He's got like an 80s cover band, so he's going to be rocking tonight. <laughs> he's like Kyle right? Turley. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Cool. Right. So he's playing, he's playing tonight, and then he's going to come out on the court tomorrow, and I'm sure he's going to talk some smack to me, and he's going to get fired up. And, and he does a great job. You know, when him and his brother, when they analyze and break down tennis, we're talking they do about you. a great you. job. Yeah, oh, the awesome. Wimbledon, whatever. Really it's like uh, they educate you what you're doing, yes. and they're on top of things. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's a lot calmer than when he played, though. You know, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, Remember, you look at the rough read. He, I mean, uh, Drew might get him far. fired up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know if that ever leaves you, though, you know? Yeah, like, right, right. You just got it, – it takes a little bit longer to get to that point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Let's see if we can get there tomorrow. <laughs> right, right, right. This is no, if you're winning, you might get <laughs> it that way. Right. And, uh, Drew, speaking of accomplishment, and uh, I always take up for him because I've witnessed a lot, and that being officer coordinated with the Saints, Pete Carmichael. And I try to tell the Who That Nation, the fans, I said, no, uh, it might be because who's playing quarterback? I mean, Pete Carm- Carmichael didn't forget how to coach. It's Sean Payton's offense. And even with Sean Payton's offense, with Pete Carmichael called plays, is some of the greatest Saints accomplishments offensively in history. So in Arizona, now, you know, Sneaky Pete, uh, you know, he's kind of a little shy. You know, I don't know about being a head coach, that type of personality. But as far as knowing the game and offense, I mean, uh, uh, you know all the great accomplishments you, you got. Uh, Pete Carmichael's a big part of that. Pete, Pete is brilliant. And okay, you heard it from Drew Brees, not not the Cajun Cannon. Pete look, is brilliant. Look, look, and and you somebody doesn't stick around for seventeen years, <laughs> right? Yeah, unless they're an integral part of of what you're doing. And 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 Pete's played a lot of different roles, right? He came here as a as a first year quarterback coach in 2006 he was our he was a quality control at in, san in san diego and and so that's where this connection you know kind of came into play um and then within a few years he was the offensive coordinator and obviously sean was calling the plays but pete was an integral part of the game planning and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that he'll never get credit for right, right? um and but he was he was an integral part and then sean goes down with the injury right the knee right. injury in 2011 on the sideline yeah. right Pete Carmichael in his first game calling plays, I think we break every single game record. We had almost 40, for, 41st downs in yeah. one game. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Six, we beat the Colts 62-7 to seven yeah. on Sunday Night Crushed Football, right? But, and then we went on a tear. I mean, if you recall, that, that 2011 season was – now, look, we had a great, awesome. we had a great team. I think we had a great offense. I, I think that's the greatest – Team, even though y'all won the Super Bowl in 09, 2010, I think that year I was still like, come on, Greg Williams, how, how can you, we put Alex Smith in the Hall of Fame that game? <laughs> how we let the 49ers beat us? We were yeah. so much better. That, that was a magical year where y'all became the new greatest show on turf. Yeah, I, 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 I think we, you know, when I look at my career, obviously we, we won it all in 09. The 2011 team was, in my opinion, the best team in the league that year. And, and, I and that, was, that was a year that And that's we, not being a homer. We should have, yeah, we, we should have won a championship. 2018 was a year that, that we should have won a championship as well, right? So when you really start – now, look, we had other teams that, man, like in 2017, we, 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 you know, we go up and that's the, the Minneapolis miracle, right? If we win that game, I think we go to Philly and beat them. And then right. I think we're in the Super Bowl. 2020, there we have an opportunity to go, right? So right. There, there's – but – but to get back to that 2011 team, yeah, we had all the pieces in place to, to go win it all. But with Pete calling the plays, like, we, we had found an incredible rhythm. And then, look, he called it all during 2012, which we put up some crazy numbers in 2012. Obviously, that was a tough season. Our defense season was terrible. Yeah, we I were mean, dead last. Yeah. We set negative records defensively yeah, 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 that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So, so my experience with Pete calling the plays was – 
look, I, I felt like he, he being under Sean's tutelage for so long, there was a lot that was coming from Sean in regards to, I think, kind of his thought process, what he had learned. But there was also a style unto its own that was Pete Carmichael. And him and I meshed extremely well. And the lines of communication were open and there was just a lot of collaboration when it came to the game plan and how it was being called and the tempo at which the play was coming in. And I felt like we operate like a well-oiled machine when we were together with Pete Carmichael calling the plays. So you can't sit here and tell me that Pete Carmichael can't, <laughs> you know. No, no, that, that, that's you know, why so. you got to educate the fans. I yeah. mean, they, they're like, you know, it's always whatever you've done for me lately and they want to hate. And sure, then it's sure. like, I said, come on. Uh, I said, I think me and Drew Brees know a little more about offense than you do. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and if I, I would tell you if, if Pete Carmichael can't coach. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Come on. It doesn't yeah. matter no. who's pulling the trigger. Like, we need Derek Carr. Okay, how about he be happy? Half of Drew Brees. How about just half? You don't have to be Drew Brees, but how about just be half? Yeah, that, that, Look, that's going to help. It's, it's it's not even a question. They they got they've got all the right pieces in place. You know, I, I was at practice today. Um, they had a practice in the dome. You know, getting ready for the game on Sunday. Um, and it was man. First off, it was great. It was great to be out there. It was great to be out there and see a lot of the guys. Started reminiscing um, a little look, bit. Or? Offense look great. Well, yeah, I mean, shoot, yeah, you're, yeah. In, you're in the dome and the ball's flying, baby. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That definitely brings back some good memories. But no, I I, I felt like the offense looked great. Derek looked great. There was there was it was bombs away. There was a lot of balls being, being I, tossed down the field. I, I think you would like to throw to Chris Olave. You think? And, and, oh, and, and how, and, and bit, how right? he's matured. Yeah, you're, you're making contested catches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and finishing catches. Yeah, you know most. Most fat, really fast guys aren't great route runners, and, and most fast guys don't know how to use their speed because they've always been in a position where they can just run just fast run, and run yeah. by people. But, but where, where those guys go to the next level is when they understand how to use their speed, lull people to sleep a little bit, and then kick it into that gear that all of a sudden, you know, you, 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 can, just, you can catch DBs maybe, maybe sitting when they shouldn't, or you, you're able to kind of close the cushion and get by them on certain things where other – uh, Alave has had that instinct ever since he first got here. Like, I remember watching him last year going, man, this guy's a little different. He's, he's a really good route runner. He's great in transition down the field especially. And to your point, Bobby, he's starting to go up and make some contested catches. Like, I saw him make a couple today just in the practice. Right. Where I'm like, okay, I see this guy taking He's you know, stronger. Steps. I, I, he's I growing, saw, I saw yeah. his shoulders, his arms. Man, yeah. he just looks stronger. Yeah, that's part of it too is, yeah. you know, you just you, you begin to mature and, and, and – you know, kind of grow into your body a little bit, but um, look, he's got he's got a, a lot of great guys around him too to, to help mentor him. I mean, the fact that Jimmy Graham is back in the building, not only is that going to be a great thing just for from his role. Well, you helped Jimmy Graham get paid. Yeah, but but I'm saying but I'm saying Jimmy Jimmy's pre, Jimmy's the oldest guy on the team now. Is that crazy? Uh, no, that yeah, is that, that is, is. Well, that is yeah. remarkable. So here's this guy, 36, 37, right? I mean, who? But I mean, I still view him as a basketball player trying to see how I'm making it with the Saints. Look, and, I love Jimmy so much, and we were texting back and forth today. But um, his his level of maturity right now, his he's a le- pro. He is such a pro, and I I know that he feels like a huge part of his role is to now teach right. and, and bring wisdom to a lot of these young players to kind of mold the next generation. And, look, he's always been a saint. He's always wanted to be a saint, right? And, it's like, are you going to pay him as a receiver or tight yeah. end? That's the only way But he said that. And here he is. Yeah. It's come full circle. He's back. He's going to retire as a saint. And I think part of his legacy is what he's going to do this year for, for this well, team. Well, uh, speaking of legacy, Drew, I have never witnessed this to the extent, not witnessed it now and then, but to the extent that we're in the press box, Mike, you remember, and I was like, there's no way uh, Drew thought Jimmy Graham was open. But then you would throw him open. 
And I was like, the defense has to be so frustrated because they couldn't have better coverage. I'm not, you know, red zone in the seam and all. And yes. it went like an alley-oop. I was like, whoa. It's like a basketball play. Uh, and, Just go and, get the rebound. And I'm like, you're the point guard and you're getting it to him. And now I didn't have, I don't know why, maybe, because Russell Will, they're not on your level. Uh, the Seattle or Chicago, wherever he went, that didn't occur. But all I know is the number of times you would throw him open, I was like, whoa. That is truly Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Pro Football Hall of Fame, not Louisiana Hall of Fame. I'm talking about like Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. That that's at a level that uh, you just don't see. And I'm saying you better watch what you what we witnessing here with Drew and Jimmy. We might all be dead that, that we don't see that again. But that's what that that's what separates. Look, this league is so good. Right. Everybody is so good. Like look, you know, Sean used to always say this, and this is true. You know, there's. There's 32 teams in the league. 20 of them are pretty dysfunctional. There's really only about 12 that can that can win it on, on in any in any year. Um, now the other 20, they they'll, they'll beat you on any given Sunday if right. you're not ready to play. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, so my point is, is that everybody's good and everybody can go win. Right. If, right. If they play well, but what separates like the really elite, especially offenses, is those like that relationship. Those you know, that execution where, man, the guy on paper or to, to just the normal average eye would say he's covered. Right. But he's not. Right? right. And your ability to say, I know there's a place where I can throw that ball where he can get it and somebody else can't. So to me, Jimmy Graham was never, covered. ever covered. <laughs> ever covered. Well, we, Plenty we of times that. teams <laughs> would try to double him. They try to vice him. They try to do this and that. He's never Never covered. Right, right. And, and they have to be frustrated as a defensive coordinator and like, I don't know what else we could have done there uh, because uh, they were right execute. on them. Hey, a lot, of, a lot, of, lot of just palms up on the other side. What can I say? And uh, uh, Drew, uh, speaking of palms up, uh, a little bit off. Uh, <laughs> well, what about, uh, I went like this, whoa, Phil Mickelson. Uh, now, th- th- I thought it might be a misprint, but they have a book coming out by Billy Walters, Gambler. Phil Mickelson has wagered more than a billion dollars over the last three decades, and they said he lost $100 million, but I don't know if he wagered a billion, and he only lost $100 million. He's way ahead and, of the it, game, It, it seems like he's won a lot. That, to me, you, you want to talk about, uh, uh, you know, like uh, the gambler or well, what was uh, the, the guy, um, the, 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 the riverboat gambler? Well, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, you know, the actor. Kenny Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, Kenny yeah, Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. No, he, he's the real Riverboat gambler. I mean, I, when no, I saw no that. No one to hold him, no one to fold him. I mean, <laughs> I'm like uh, Phil Mickelson. I mean, I can't wait. This book is scheduled to be released August 27th. Uh, 22nd is called The Gambler, Secret from a Life of Risk. But when, when I saw that, uh, that, uh, but that, that's pretty bold that. In three decades, that's a long time, but to still put on the line, I mean, I, I was too tight. Now, to me, money comes <laughs> too hard to, billion, to wager a billion dollars. You know, this day and age, it's no big deal because you look at, at how the NFL has embraced uh, gambling and whoever would have thought now every major sport is going to be in Las Vegas. Look, the A's are, are moving to Las Vegas. They'll and, have and a basketball Then they're going to have an NBA team. So I guess just where we're at right now. Look, uh, the, the, the only thing I'd say is – it, it, when when you go play golf with your buddies, right? Right, right. Right. Like yes, you're keeping score, right? And there is there is that motivation just to beat them, just based solely off the score. But in most cases, 
you got a little something going with your with your friends, right? Like, right, like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Or hey, we're gonna play nine pointer. We're gonna play wolf. We're gonna play this and that. And each dot is worth this, right? Right. Or you're gonna play in a fantasy football league, right? And everybody's kind of got their buy-in, and then there's something going on, right? So, the the fact is, whatever it is, whether you're whether you're betting money or you're betting, uh, you know. I've seen I've seen one thing where if you lose if you lose your fantasy football draft I saw something on on Instagram the other day where somebody lost their fantasy football draft and then they were required to go to dinner at a nice restaurant with a stuffed animal as their date. <laughs> Did you see this? No, 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 no. no. Uh, it, it's it, it's so there's a, there's a guy sitting in a nice restaurant and he's sitting across from a stuff a big stuffed animal bear. Yeah, you he had lost that? his fantasy football league, yeah, that, and that, that was that was the bet. You think like that's a little weird? that was the point, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, right. So you either lose money, or you got to do something embarrassing, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. When something's on the line, you know, there's... there's you got to put up yeah, some. There's, there's a... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, 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 I'm kinda, more, but, but I, I was kind of intrigued, though. Um, I knew Phil Mickelson had a lot of money, but I didn't know he had that much. That, 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 he's that, got a lot more after he's gambling. No, but that's like, you know, Tiger Woods, like, and you look and, uh, you know, what they're paying now. But, uh, but Drew, you know what? One day is going to be like, man, we only paid Drew Brees that. He, he should, we should have paid him twice as much. But it's all relative, right? It's all, it's all relative. I mean, look what... <laughs> Look what the look what the best quarterbacks in the in the world in the league were making in the eighties, yeah. right? Or in the nineties. I, I sat out a whole year trying to get one million. No, I mean it's like come on, right? free agency and all, and you, you look like uh, I remember Joe Montana. Okay, D. Joe Montana, mm-hmm. uh, the, the largest signing bonus at the time in the NFL was like seven hundred, like sixty-five thousand. So it's all about TV market and all that, and all relative. So. You got to be on the sidelines and kind of set up things. LSU Purdue, so you got to see a lot of Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the LSU quarterback? Because man, yeah. at the end of the season, he was hot. Yeah, that uh, that Alabama game to me said a lot because uh, obviously heated rivalry game, a lot of back and forth, but kind of the clutch moments that took place right. with him, you know, you down him. the stretch in that game. Even the even the opening game of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I know they, they didn't play well against Florida State, but nonetheless, they had to go on these two touchdown drives at the end of the, and it was, was a blocked extra point. Yeah, that, yeah. So look, I, I'm confident they go and win that game, right? So he's impressed me in a lot of ways. Um, and look, they got some dudes, right? <laughs> you got some, yeah, got more you got than some a dudes few. to hand it to and throw it to and everything else. So I, I think everybody's expecting them to have have a good season and for him to have a good season. My time around him, he's he seems like he's a just a humble young man who, you know, transfers in from Arizona State for an opportunity, and, you know, I think he's making the most of it. And, uh, Drew, uh, you look at name, image, and likeness now. Uh, uh, you look at social media, the pressure, pressure there, and you look at the Mannings at Archie and Peyton and Eli, but you look at the grandson like Arch and what he's dealing now at University of Texas. Yeah. And uh, just talk about that because it's a different animal compared to when you came into college football. Let me tell you this. The, the, pro- the problem – there's a lot of things with NIL that, that probably need to be adjusted a little bit. Right. You know, I, look, I'm, I'm, the real problem is the transfer portal. That's the real problem. Okay. When you allow kids to transfer at, at any moment with no consequence. The coach yelled at me, so that's, I'm, that's I'm transferring. What? That's a problem. Yeah. You know, we need to, we need to be in, in, in a world where there's a penalty um, or like you, you can't transfer within maybe two two years or two and a half years, whatever it is, 
if you if you give kids this opportunity that after six months I'm not happy, I, the coach is being mean to me, right? Um, you know, I don't. I got two guys in front of me, and I don't want to compete. I mean, you're sending all the wrong messages. messages. You're sending all the wrong. Let's. What happened to? <laughs> what happened to having to? You know, put forth a to little grit it. and 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 and, and perseverance yeah. and compete. And look. There's situations like Joe Burrow where he goes to Ohio State, and what was he there, two years, three years? Yeah, three yeah, years. yeah. And then he transfers and he gets two years here, and I'm sure he would sit there and tell you that, man, some of the most impactful, influential you know, experiences I had were not getting what I wanted, At Ohio facing State. the disappointment, having to work through that mentally, emotionally, and then when I did have the opportunity to transfer and then start, man, I made the most of it, but it was because of those moments there. So when you give – kids the out so quickly without actually having to work through some of the dynamics that that are really to me that that's that's where the character development the leadership development and some of just the the patience and perseverance it helps mold you it absolutely does and they have it, kids need to face that they have to face yeah we, you're gonna have adversity we are exempting we're exempting them from that and honestly yeah. i think that's going to hurt them long term I, I agree now when you have nil combined with that it creates a monster. Yeah. Right. Because if you're telling me, look, look, college programs are building their programs now like NFL programs. Right. They basically have like a general manager who in essence is looking for free agents. Right, right. Free agents being the guys who are unhappy other places. And you're telling me they're not they're not going out and actively recruiting them? Yeah, come on. BS. <laughs> they all right? actively BS. recruit. BS, absolutely. They're looking for them. So, look, I, 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 think, I think there's – but put NIL aside, I think the real problem is the transfer portal. Don't let kids transfer out after one year or even two years. Make make them have to commit. Work through that. Honor your commitment. Honor right your commitment. Because look, how hard is it to be a college coach right now? Whew. Because <laughs> because not only are you look, the minute you recruit a kid, you have to feel like you know I've got this kid for three four years. You got to re-recruit right? him every year. <laughs> now you have to re-recruit him every year. Or you're worried about somebody else, you know, uh, right. recruit him or offering him more money. That's what that's the yeah. NIL part that's difficult. You got kids that are thinking, man, grass is greener. No, grass, <laughs> grass is so, so, Drew, how have you been able to stay in uh, such great shape? It looks like you still can play. I mean, do you have a routine? Because I know you're a routine guy, but you got all your kids and how you're involved. I mean, whether you're in town or out of town, do you go, like, for a morning jog? Or, 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 or what exactly hey, do I'm, you do? I'm, I'm not a jogger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these, joints, uh, these joints don't like jogging. <laughs> okay, so you just uh, play a little, little extra pickleball or what? No, it, 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 it's everything. Why could you eat? Or? I'm healthy, active lifestyle. Okay, right? okay. Huh? I'm, look, I'm a common-sense dieter, right? I eat when I'm hungry, but don't overeat. Okay. Right? So if, if, if there's still food on the plate and I'm full, I pack it up, I put it in the fridge. Two hours later, when I'm hungry again, I eat it. Oh. What happens when you overeat? You get tired, you get lethargic, you don't want to do anything. You just want to go take a nap, yeah, right? Yeah, you want to get like a right? nap through like a coma. Yeah, it's like- yeah. So eat when you're hungry because your body's saying, I'm hungry, I need fuel, right? Right. Now, what I eat, I try to eat organic. I try to eat stuff that comes out of the ground. I try not to eat stuff that is processed or comes out of a package. Um, you and, still eat a good and, steak, and, though, huh? Uh, a good like steak? Yeah, that comes oh. out. That, 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 oh, that's oh, natural. That's yeah, not. They yeah. eat the grass. Yeah, that's not coming out of a package. Grass, I got you. Yeah. I got you. It's not like processed. No, uh, grass-fed, organic. That's yeah, right. I got you. Huh? We're gonna be taking a break real quick here at the NOLA Pickleball Fest. We'll be back with more at the Morial Convention Center. Join us here on Sports Talk. Uh, Want to hear from you also on the uh, Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line 504-260-1870. Taking a break, and we'll be back with more after this on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.